morning? Are you feeling lucky? So open up your worship folder, and if you look at the title and the description of the sermon, and you have a little picture of a camera there, I need you to come up here to spin for today's prize. We've been doing this every week and uh, kind of following along. We started out with, with choosing a career, and, and then we had children, and then we talked about parenting, and, uh, and then we talked about how life's not fair and our personal stories, and who else do we have? We have Rob and we have Russ. Tia, you got one? Nice. So I don't know if you guys have driven by Tia's house, um, uh, Caleb and Tia's house, and seen the for sale sign in their yard. I'm assuming there's one in their yard. Um, sometimes that starts rumors, you know? It's like, whoa, um, you know, what's going on here? Well, they're trying to sell their house and buy a house in Lingle. And so just pray along with them, I guess, that, uh, that this would all happen in the time. If, if God wants this to happen, it's, it's going to have to be him. So... Um, they're just trying to, to trust and be patient. So, so what you guys are spinning for today is uh, the Game of Life family photo shoot. Uh, Tanya Cook has uh, graciously volunteered to do a quick one-time family sitting with your family to take a family photo. Uh, we're talking about leaving a legacy, and part of that legacy, that, that the thing that helps us remember or look back on our pictures, uh, family photos. And so you are uh, spinning for that. Highest number wins. Tia, you go first. 10. All right. It's either tie or lose, Rob. Five. Not quite enough. And Russ spins a three. Congratulations. Give those, uh, yeah, Porter. Learn to walk this week. Well, he's been learning. He finally succeeded a couple days ago. Uh, so today we're talking about a legacy worth leaving. What does that even mean, to leave a legacy? It, and is it worth it? And what does a legacy worth leaving, leaving even look like? What, what, we're going to answer those questions this morning. So first of all, a legacy is anything handed down from the past as from an ancestor or predecessor. And in that definition, it says anything handed down. So it could be good or it could be bad. There are good legacies and there are bad legacies. For instance, everybody probably in the room, no matter your age, would recognize the name Richard Nixon. Not a very good legacy that Richard Nixon left, at least the one thing that everybody knows about that he did anyway. Um, and I would suggest that probably everybody listening today knows the name Mother Teresa. Good legacy? Yes. And, and we know both of those names, and what we know about both of those names adds to our knowledge base that then informs our, excuse me, our worldview of certain aspects of life. Politics, kind of informed by previous political leaders and, and helping the poor uh, in, the, in regard to Mother Teresa. To some, a legacy is something that they work on intentionally. They are out to leave a legacy. 
uh, it in they think about it every day. It creates a certain amount of pressure in their life. They often wonder if they're succeeding or not. I think leaving a legacy has received some prominent press here recently in our culture. Uh, men and women are judged on, in social media as to whether the majority of people think that they're leaving a positive or a negative legacy. Many people in our world want to leave a legacy that is seen by many people. They not only want to leave a legacy, but they want everybody to know about the legacy that they have left. They want to be known for something. They want their name on a building or an organization or a a street. Uh, Often, that kind of legacy is surrounded by great political or or financial gain. Uh, For instance, names that might come to mind, Carnegie, Rockefeller, for some of the older folks in our room today, Gates, Jobs, Zuckerman, people who have legacies. Legacies, however, aren't just left by people of prominence or power, especially one that is worth leaving. They are left by each and every one of us, whether we intend to leave one or not. And the decisions that we make on a daily basis build on each other to form what we then leave behind us for those who come after us. Every decision we make has the possibility to greatly impact our future. Sarah and I used to watch the, the TV show Survivor. Uh, you know, outwit, outlast, and outplay. In fact, somebody mentioned Survivor in a conversation this morning, and it wasn't me. Uh, you know, whether you like the show or not, uh, in fact, with, with Survivor, it was more like, uh, instead of out, um, outplay uh, and those other things, it was outlie, outconnive, outmanipulate, uh, outcoerce, outintimidate, outbully. And all of those actions... Now, it's really sort of just a psychological study on human beings. All of those actions would come back to impact the players later in the game because there comes a point in the game where the people that you voted off then become the ones who decide whether you actually win the game or not. And uh, it's interesting to watch people, how they make decisions based on that. Some would say, it's only a game, so I'll just do whatever. That's really not who I am. And, and I think ultimately... It, how you play the game suggests who you really are because that's how we make decisions uh, in life. Uh, We're all going to leave a legacy and we have a decision to make. What kind of legacy is that going to be? And, And I'm not referring to power or money or worldly success. Many times in our culture today, a legacy is is equated with accomplishments trophies. You know, how big is the trophy room? How big is the bank account? How many, uh, you know, all the competitions that you see, uh, they're trying to not only be the best at their sport or whatever it is, but they're trying to get their name on that trophy. Today, I hope the Colorado Avalanche continue to their, their road to the Stanley Cup. I don't know what's going to happen. Well, as I've prepared for this message today, it brought a song to mind. It's a song 
uh, written by Casting Crowns. It's called Only Jesus. And maybe you know this song, and I'm going to play it for you here in a little bit. But uh, Casting Crowns lead singer Mark Hall was, was kind of thinking on this same idea about legacy. And he concluded that his only true worthwhile accomplishments, and this is, this is what I want us to get today out of this message, are those things where Jesus was at work. Those things that Jesus was uh, giving power into his life. Anything else, he says, will crumble into dust in the light of eternity. And this is what he said, and I quote, there's much talk these days about legacy. How do we want to be remembered? The more I think about it, the more I'm reminded that anything in me that's worth remembering are the things that Jesus has worked on and is still working on in me. On my own, I have nothing to offer the world, but Jesus does. So don't mind me. Jesus is the only name to remember. Now, as we look into leaving a legacy, we're going to be digging into 2 Timothy chapter 1. So if you would turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. And a legacy worth leaving is also, it's contrary to human wisdom. You know, we think... Maybe when you read the title this morning, you thought, oh, well, he's going to be talking about me. I'm going to be thinking about me. But no, a, a legacy worth leaving really is not about us. It's about Jesus. If, if we're focusing on us and the legacy as such that we're going to leave, we're, we're, we're emphasizing the wrong part of our life. So a legacy worth leaving, first of all, begins with a rich spiritual life. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, a rich spiritual life can only be found in Jesus Christ. All spiritual life comes to us only in Christ. Our purpose, our success, our guidance, our eternal life, it's all from him. Romans 6.23 gives us the other side of that. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And where does that come from? It comes in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This rich spiritual life begins with salvation. And then the more fully and consciously we live in him, the richer our spiritual life becomes and the richer our life becomes. John 1, 1 through 4 in the beginning was the Word, and we know the Word is Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, including you and me. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. A legacy worth leaving isn't one full of money and fame and popularity and prominence. That's what our culture says it is. And yes, at the, at the end of the game, when you finally get to retire, you go to millionaire estates or countryside acres, you collect $10,000 from each child. 
Many of you who have retired wished it was that way, right? Now we know that, and, and then you add up all your money and the one who has the most money at the end of the game of life wins, but that's not how life life works. We know that. In reality, it's not whether ultimately you win or lose, it's how you what? Play the game. It's how we live our life. So let's watch and meditate on the words and uh, the lyrics to this Casting Crown song, Only Jesus. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty.
shines. I've only got one life to live. I'll let every second point to him, only Jesus. You've heard me say it before. The best gift you can give your children, your neighbors, your coworkers is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where our legacy comes from. And that's a powerful one. It's very powerful. Number two, a legacy worth leaving usually comes from those who have gone before us. Now, I say usually because there are some here today, there are some who are listening today who didn't really have a good legacy left from their parents, spiritually speaking, but yet here you are. God has brought you here. God has worked in your life. He is changing you. Timothy, that Paul is writing to, is, he's a third-generation believer, but he didn't have a long list of Christian legacy in his family. I do. I have the benefit of a very long list of, of Christian faith in my family, from my great-great-grandparents, who, who literally floated over here in a wooden ship from Sweden, ended up in Chicago. My, my great-great-grandmother, Sophie, Sophia, became a Christian in Chicago. And the rest is literally the history of my family. Timothy uh, was probably born out of an unwed situation. His, his father wasn't a believer. His father was a Greek. Uh, he couldn't even be, Timothy himself couldn't even be circumcised in the temple because of how he was born. But that didn't stop his legacy. That didn't stop God from using him. That didn't stop God from using him in an amazing way. Timothy's mom, Timothy's grandmother discipled him. They followed the commands in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9, which says, impress these commands on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Live your life for Christ, God says. And he will use you. Following the commands and wisdom of Deuteronomy helps us to pass on the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to those who go after us. That is a legacy worth leaving. Well, but what about those of you who are sitting here this morning wondering to yourself, wow, have I possibly screwed my kids up? Have I, have I messed them up in some way by the decisions that I made in my life? And that's the enemy speaking to you. He would like to take the truth of God's word, the encouragement that we could receive this morning and snatch it right out of your mind and rub it in your face and say, no, you're not leaving a legacy. You can't leave a legacy worth leaving because of the decisions that you would make. But I want to remind you here this morning of what God's word says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all, right, all unrighteousness. So if you, to this point or in a previous unsaved portion of your life, made terrible decisions, God has forgiven you of those. God, in fact, God will use those things to make you into who you are. He will empower your story Because you see, you wouldn't have eternal life without him. He will empower the change that he has made in your life and is making in your life and use that to reach other people who are in the same place that you were a year ago or six years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And it's not too early to decide that you are going to seek after Jesus and hear the challenge of Paul this morning. So if you're in this room and you're 10, or you're 14, or you're eight, it's not too early to decide that you're gonna seek after Jesus the rest of your life. That is where that legacy is gonna come from. You don't have to think, oh, well, I wanna leave a name for myself. No, that's what, Kat, that's what Hall was trying to get at in the song. It's not about me leaving a legacy it's, it's not about the world remembering me. It's, did the world see Jesus through me as I lived my life? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And our everyday decisions impact that. A legacy worth leaving begins with a rich spiritual life. It usually comes from those who have gone before us. And number three, it grows as we fan God's gifts. For this reason, verse 6, 2 Timothy I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. Paul is talking about the gift that God has given Timothy in regards to being a pastor. He's young, he's facing incredible, strong, opposition and Paul is telling Timothy look don't be downcast don't be discouraged keep on keeping on continue to fan the flame of this gift that God has given you he says he says at another time don't let people look down on you because you're young it's not about you Timothy it's about who you have put your faith and trust in and who you're proclaiming Jesus Christ Paul is talking to you and me as well. Keep on keeping on. We can't do it on our own. We weren't created to do it on our own. So how do we fan the flame then? Through, Through faithfulness and commitment. And that comes through living life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Look here on the screen at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. You might want to write this in your notes and read this later. For this reason, Paul says, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you, in this case he's talking to the Ephesians, with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep 
is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If, if we're trying to live in a spirit of love and in a spirit of discipline, self-discipline, all on our own, we will fail. Paul says this is all through the power of Jesus Christ. It's, it's for his glory throughout all generations, forever and ever. You see, the legacy that we leave today which is our relationship with Jesus Christ will go on to impact the lives of your children and your children's children and your children's children and however long God leaves this earth spinning and operating in the way that it is. A spirit of love and self-discipline. Philippians chapter 2, Paul, as he's Encouraging the Philippians, he says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. You see, that's the legacy that the world wants us to focus on and think about that we might want to leave. That all comes from vain conceit. And selfish ambition. But Paul says, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. I, as I have been thinking about uh, casting crowns this week, and they're doing a concert in August in, at Red Rocks, and I'd really like to go. And, and partially because I've never been to Red Rocks, I, I'd really like to see the place. But I wonder the, the tension that is involved in someone like Paul here, who, who he's saying the right things, and, and, and he seems like a really humble man, and, and he's, he's doing concerts for the right reason, but at the same time, there's this conflict with what is the entertainment industry in our world, where, where he only continues to provide for, for his family if he's popular and does well, and in order to do that, he has to be a great entertainer also, and I just, I think about the the conflict that happens. I, there's a pastor in a church in Houston that my daughter told me about who has, who has stepped down from being the pastor of this highly successful megachurch because he just couldn't get over the pride issue. He, he, he just, it, it just wrapped him up being in the limelight. He just could not humble himself in that situation. So he's like, I got to figure this out. It's not about us. But God has given us gifts, and, and Paul says we need to fan those things. We need to fan that flame, not for us, not for our sake, for Jesus' sake, and for the sake of the gospel. So a legacy worth leave, living, leaving begins with a rich spiritual life. It comes from those who have gone before us. It grows as we fan God's gifts. And number four, it is made in everyday faithful decisions. In verse eight, Paul says, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That's an everyday decision. 
Am I going to do what's right today and possibly suffer for it? Or am I just going to float with the current and just do whatever? Because that's the easiest. There will be suffering simply because of Jesus. In verse 9, Paul says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. God wants us to live a holy life. We need to make the tough decisions to stand against the everyday current of immorality, situational ethics. That's an interesting one. So is something ethical in one situation and not ethical in another? And I get the conversation because really the conversation is, is this ethical or not? I don't know why situational is even a part of that statement. Well, maybe it's because we're talking about situations, but that's not how our world interprets that. Or the everyday current of living selfishly for ourselves. We have to fight that every day intentionally. That's a part of being called to live a holy life. And then in verse 11, Paul challenges us to be heralds of the gospel. To teach and testify to the good news at every opportunity. He says to Timothy and to us, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. God, put this in your life. Guard it, fan it. May it burn with passion for Jesus, not for you. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do that in verse 14. We can make faithful decisions. And every decision we have and every decision that we make has a profound effect on not just our future, but the future of those who come after us. So let's live in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we don't respond in anger or we don't make a choice in ignorance or we don't lose our patience. These things seem small, but their effects can be devastating. Matthew 25, verse 20, the man who had received the five talents, brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. They don't have to be grand things. We can be faithful and obedient in the simple things. And Jesus will take care of the legacy that we leave. As I think about my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents, I can imagine them hearing those words when they arrived in heaven, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I didn't know them well, and maybe there were people in their life who would say, eh, there was, this one, there was this one flaw that they had, yes, but by the grace of Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to hear. I, I want to live my life in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And, and there is... There's friction there in how I live my life because I also want to please you and I want to please my neighbors. But I have to be cautious that, that my pleasing you 
finds its foundation and source from my relationship with Jesus Christ. And only then is it good and real. To hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. That people will see more of Jesus in us than ourselves. That's a legacy worth leaving. Finally, I, I want to just mention this last point quickly. If, if, if I had printed the notes later in this week, I would have not included this point. But um, it, it's important for us to recognize that this, this happens. You see, point number five is um, a legacy worth leaving will have people that leave and people that cleave. This, this is what I mean by that. Living for Jesus is a challenge. It is a spiritual battle, and, and it's hard, but, but it's one worth fighting for, right? And as we fight this battle, we need to be aware that there are going to be people along the way who really don't want to have anything to do with that. They, they're, they're, their highest priority is not Jesus Christ. In fact, they're annoyed when you talk about him. And they would just as soon not be around you. Or, or maybe we will even have people who, who leave us. Look at verse 15 uh, of our passage this morning. Paul says, You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygelus and Hermogenes. I mean, when the going got tough, those two left. They deserted Paul and many people along with them. They provided no support for him, and we need to be prepared for this. We need to recognize that it will likely happen. There will be somebody who doesn't support us, who, who isn't loyal to the mission of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and through our lives, and they, they may abandon us. Continue to pray for them. Continue to pray that they come along and that they see the truth but there are those who will leave and there will also be those who cleave verse 16 Paul goes on to say Onesiphorus he refreshed me he he was not ashamed of me and my chains he he knows why I was in chains not because of some sin that I committed but because I was proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ, he searched and found Paul and he helped him. May we all be friends like that. Notice I didn't say have friends like that. We need to be friends like that to one another. May we all be faithful and committed to our relationship with Jesus because that is what produces a legacy worth leaving. Now, I want to close with a final illustration this morning. And Our Secretary of State of the State of Wyoming, Ed Buchanan, attended my dad's funeral in Albany. And uh, Secretary Buchanan and I, we were roommates in college, actually, and uh, we've kept in touch through the years, he's a pilot, I'm a pilot, that's a part of it, but 
um, we've just always been friends. And uh, he came to that, my dad's funeral to support me. That's why he came. But that's not why he was there. Uh, the day after the funeral, I, I messaged him and I said, hey, Ed, I really appreciate you and your wife taking the time to come to remember my dad with us. And then he says, it was a great service and you and your siblings did a great job. And then he says, and you should know that learning more about your dad was inspiring to me, an example to attempt to emulate for the balance of my life. And I'll bet you many people there today feel the same way. In fact, he told me later in that message that uh, he keeps dad's folder, you know, the little program that you get at a funeral, in the top drawer of his desk at the Capitol to remind him of the commitment that he made at my dad's funeral. So yesterday, I, I asked him if he would just write a little paragraph kind of about that so that I could kind of testify to, to what he felt, and this is what he said. Sometimes inspiration comes when you least expect it. Inspiration to not only do more, but to have discernment about what matters most in life. Leaving a legacy many times is discussed in monetary terms. And while that is certainly beneficial, more often than not, the time someone gave to improve the lives of others is the most valuable legacy of all. Inspiration came to me at the funeral of Donald Anderson, Pastor Dave's father. In the tribute to his life, much was said about his service to the Lord and how that directly benefited so many people. What I found so inspirational was his leadership and role modeling primarily through what I would describe as missionary service. Interesting, isn't it, that a legacy can be defined in many terms and exemplified through many forms and prompt all of us to examine ourselves as to how we too can be faithful to the Lord and can be of service to others. I may have met Mr. Anderson once when visiting David's house near Albin, but isn't it an amazing example of God's love and word that one's legacy doesn't come from a single conversation or the writing of a check here and there. Rather, it comes from a body of work created over an entire lifetime. The most important legacy comes from our life's work in service to God and our people. What will be your legacy? And I can guarantee you, my dad didn't think long and hard and have conversations over and over about what kind of legacy he was going to leave. He just lived his life faithful, as faithful and obedient, all flaws and failures included, to his relationship with Jesus Christ, and the rest came after that. That's a legacy worth living. That's the challenge to all of us here this morning. And I want to close our service this morning. This will be the last thing that we do by singing a song. Um, now, I, I want to apologize. You're going to know why here in a second. For people that I missed, there just wasn't room and I didn't have access. 
But my prayer is that this closing song, which is always sung at every one of our family reunions, will further the point that, that the Lord has tried to make to us this morning, and it will encourage you as you leave here today to remember those who have lived and died before us and to live our life today knowing that those who come after us, that their lives will be impacted. the name.